Community Call. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. And I'll tell you what, what a great week it has been. We're back again for another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. We want to thank everyone that has been tuning in and listening to the Community Call podcast. We have so many things that we want to share with you tonight. And I'll tell you what, folks, so what a great time it is to be back podcasting here live on on TalkShoe.com for the Community Call podcast. There are so many things we want to share uh, as we get ready to kick off this uh, kick off another great episode of the Community Call podcast. As the panel members make make their way into the show, we want to acknowledge a few things before we get into tonight's outline and tonight's discussion. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, it's a it's an exciting time to be a part of of the Community Call podcast and the Skyshot Radio podcast family. We are we're 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 we have so many things that we are doing right now, and uh, we are continuing to grow um, our platform as we speak. And we hope that you will continue to join us. Uh, each Sunday here at 7 p.m. on TalkShoe.com for the Community Call Podcast. And if you want to find our recordings, you can find us on anchor.fm slash Skyshot Radio Podcast. We are on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. You can find us on these seven podcast platforms if you want to listen to an exciting episode of the Community Call podcast. These are the places that you can find us if you want to listen to this upcoming episode of the Community Call podcast, as well as other previous episodes of the Community Call podcast as well. If you want to call into the show tonight, our number is 605-562-0444. Our uh, uh, call ID is 876 Seven nine three one and option one. If you would like to call into the live um, recording of the community call podcast, and you can join us here live. Um, also, before we get into tonight's outline, we want to um, share with you and some exciting news. Our 2019 Skyshot Radio Podcast Panelists of the Year. The voting has begun. Um, the polls are going to close on December 20th, 2019 at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Our nominees are Mr. Michael Wilbilkin, uh, Marilyn Hemingway, Charlene Chavis, uh, Eshawn Pampton, and Mr. Richard Dorman. These are our um, five nominees for the Panelist of the Year Award, and we are very excited to have these panel members become a potential panelist of the year. And, folks, if you want to participate in this, you have to join the Skyshot Radio P- Podcast Facebook group page and cast your vote. And I'll tell you what, folks, this is an exciting time for the panel members as well. They're, they're nothing like having that uh, prestigious title of panelist of the year. And, boy, I would love um, to give it to all of them, but only one person will win the title of panelist of the year. Well, let's move on to our recent developments and things that have been taking place um, on the, with our political headlines and stories. Everyone, December eighth, uh, Warren Hicks, Budich, um, uh, why raise money in secret? Senator Elizabeth Warren um, to direct aim at twenty presidential rival uh, Mayor Pete on Thursday. 
uh, um, chastising the South Bend, Indiana mayor for holding closed-door fundraisers and urging him to reveal his big money donors. And this came from the Huffington Post. Uh-oh, I wonder, is Mayor Pete in trouble with this? Seems like Mayor Pete is in a little bit of trouble, folks, with this one. Also, uh, we want to uh, share with you a little bit about uh, the government employees are suspended for over for uh, doing a Nazi salute. A photo has surfaced, and it shows roughly 30 employees of uh, West Virginia Department of Military Affairs and Public Safety make a racist gesture, which was used to hail German uh, dictator Adolf Hitler while he oversaw the slaughter of millions of Jews during World War II. And this also came from the Huffington Post. Also, um, Bin Laden. Um, Joe Biden snaps at a voter, uh, you're a damn liar. Joe Biden apparently lost his temper during an intense exchange with the voter in Iowa after the man accused the former vice president of being too old for the Oval Office and of selling access to the U.S. president uh, during his time in the Obama administration. And this also came from the Huffington Post. Um, a, law, a law professor Trump's actions worst of any president, a constitutional law scholar told a House impeachment panel Wednesday that President Trump's attempt to solicit foreign investigation into his uh, into his uh, political opponent and his uh, obstruction of congressional investigations amount to the worst presidential misconduct in history. Also, some news from politics in general, especially when it comes to elections. Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, asserted that as many as five of his GOP colleagues would support impeaching President Donald Trump. Also, Rep. George Holding, um, who's a Republican from North Carolina, said Friday he would not run for re-election in 2020 after North Carolina's electoral map was redrawn to undo Republican gerrymandering, leaving him with a heavily Democratic district. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's funny. <laughs> I would reserve. I wouldn't want to run again either because he knows he's going to get beat. Also, Nikki Haley, she's back in the news, guys. Confederate flag was about heritage until Dylan Roof hijacked it. Shame, we don't even want to get into this one. Roof a white supremacist posed with the flag and photos before killing nine worshippers in historic black church. Mother AME Church in uh, Charleston, and these are our political headlines for this week. And I tell you what, folks, uh, there's some uh, strange things afoot that that are taking place with this. <laughs> um, Nikki Haley, I don't know what to say. I'm, I don't know what to say at this moment. I'm just kind of speechless at this time. It, it just it bothers me when people uh, try to associate. The the stars and bars as a piece of history, but it was also a piece of white supremacy that was used to scare people, especially slaves at the time, and also it's a flag of war, which that flag is now in a museum where it should be, with all the other rel- 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 relics of war, um, and it's, it's just disturbing that that Nikki Haley, who's been in, who's been a governor, who's been a, an ambassador. Um, decides to make a statement like like that, and it just has us torn. Um, we know that she has a 
a political acclimate for running for president of the United States one day. So she's spending a lot of time cleaning up stuff and trying to right the ship for her own base, I think, of people who support her and also people who may be supporting the current president as well. This rhetoric has to go somewhere, and I know where it can go. It can go right into the trash can, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we, we, we don't support or neither condone this statement that um, the former ambassador of the United States made regarding the, the flag as being used as heritage. For some people, yes. For other people, no. I'm one of the other people who say no. I say no for a lot of reasons uh, that we don't have enough time to get into tonight, but I say no to this. And everyone else who witnessed what happened in Charleston with the mass murder committed by Dylan Roof, and to have that flag removed from the Capitol building in Columbia was everything that needed to be done in the right and proper manner. Um, um, at the time, Governor Haley made the right decision to bring peace to the state to bring unity to the state and everything else that's right with removing that flag. Um, to have her make this comment is, is, is repugnant as far as I'm concerned. Um, you don't make comments like this after what happened to, uh, to a bunch of church worshipers who were murdered, and I mean murdered, in cold blood by a kid who was, who was excited by racist rhetoric. And so there's no way that the, that the former governor, former ambassador can clean this up by calling that flag a piece of heritage. To some, yes. To others, no. I will say again. Um, we want to also um, welcome our senior panelist, Michael, for joining us again tonight for another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. And uh, we're going to bring him into the show right now, folks. Okay, folks, what we're going to do here for just for just a moment um, as we as we try to bring Michael into the show, um, what we're going to do is uh, we want to continue to talk about some of the things that have been said in, in recent weeks um, in regards to um, um, what's been taking place as far as uh, the uh, the impeachment inquiry and what's been going on with that. And I'll tell you what, the, the information that's coming out right now is just it continues to um, um, paint the president as guilty as charged. Um, there's there's tons and tons of exchanges that have been going on with this uh, in relationship to uh, the impeachment inquiry. We had one exchange between Nancy Pelosi and a reporter who said, "Miss um, Miss Speaker, Madam Speaker." Are, do you hate the, do you hate the current president of the United States? And she came back out and challenged the reporter and said, "No, I do not hate the president of the United States. Um, I and I, why would you want to associate me with the word hate?" And that was something that uh, um, was being done uh, in in the conversation. And so uh, it was disgusting that it happened, guys. I don't know why um, the reporter decided to do that. But he decided to do it, and so it didn't make any. It didn't make things even any better. Actually, it made things worse. 
um, um, when it comes to the speaker. The speaker was very, uh, very upset, but she kept it. She kept it together, which was a good thing um, during the course of 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 the uh, of the uh, meeting, uh, the press conference there. And uh, it was just something to behold during that whole uh, that whole episode there. Also, folks, we, we have Michael into the show. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, I can hear you wonderful. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. Just um, trying to digest everything that has happened during the past week. And you have one heck of a list there. I don't even know where to start. Oh, I'll tell you what. We, we're just, we were just... Um, sharing with the audience a comment that the former governor of South Carolina made, Ms. Nikki Haley. We also have E. Sean on tonight as well. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Happy to be back. Um, and hey, Wonderful. Thomas. Glad to have you back, my man. Glad to have you back. Uh, uh, we were just discussing what Nikki Haley said in her comments in relationship to about the, 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 Rebel, the rebel flag being a piece of heritage and not a, a it shouldn't be identified as a symbol of hate, but a, a symbol of heritage. And I'll tell you what, I was just, I was uncomfortable with her making these comments in relationship to that. And one of the things that she said that, that Dylan Roof, a white supremacist, posed with the flag in a photo before killing the nine worshippers in a historically black church. And she said that this flag was hijacked by him. Um, what do you guys think as we come as you come into the show? I know you heard the you heard you heard the opening, Michael. Well, I have you, Sean. What are your thoughts on on Nikki Haley's comments? Who wants to go first? Go, Sean. Go ahead, Michael. Well, let's put it this way, Miss Nikki Haley. I would see as the female version of Donald Trump. You just cannot trust a freaking word she says. Because for so long, that Confederate flag has been a thorn in every legitimate American side. When I say legitimate America, I'm talking about those that are advocates for equality, truth, and justice not this special white privilege and racism that has been going on. And she has been turning the blind eye and the deaf ear for so long while all this hateful, racist, deadly violence has been going on under her watch in her state. All right? And it's only when the you-know-what was hitting the fan and when she saw possible higher prospects of course, she was um, at one time ambassador um, under Trump, so she saw an opportunity to be moving on up, and that's why she has said that, oh, that uh, what happened, it, there is a problem with um, racial hateful violence, and we have to take a stand about, about it now. You know what just kind of reminds me of um, Maria Eshawn? This is exactly identical, and I know this is another name that we've been hearing in this whole impeachment hearings process, Rudy Giuliani, when he was mayor here in New York City, 1997, he was facing re-election, and one month before the um, re-elections 
as much as two months before the elections. That's when you had the infamous um, abuse, police abuse towards Abner Luima, where one of the officers, the prime suspect, still doing 30-year federal sentence and federal um, correction facility for ramming a broomstick up um, Mr. Luima's rectum, committing absolute sodomy and yelling a whole bunch of racial slurs in the process. There were three other officers involved. Um, two of them, I think, faced um, probation, and one other had did seven years for covering it up. Only then did Giuliani denounce the, um, the police abuse that was going on and what was done to Abner Luima. But everyone else knew that he's just saying that because he was facing re-election. When he got reelected in a very highly controversial manner, then it was right back to square one, and that's when you had Amadou Diallo. So if you can understand what I'm um, laying out here, Nikki Haley was doing the same thing as Rudy Giuliani did back in the late 90s while he was New York City mayor. So now you want mm-hmm. to go back. You now you want to go back and say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with the flag." But you said there was something wrong with the flag. Well, you know that people were hitting on you because you wasn't doing a damn thing to put a stop to the matter, but only encouraging it. And you found yourself in deep trouble, and you need to get yourself over that hurdle. And once you get yourself over that hurdle, now it's right back to square one business as usual, as we see right here. Oh, there's nothing wrong with the flag until Dylan Ruth um, stained it in so many words. Police. There were so many racial incidents before Dylan Ruth came into the picture. So, Nikki, oh, yeah. stop it. Stop oh, it. Oh, yeah. That, that, to, to me, one thing I will say about the whole thing is this is this crazy what happened. And uh, to find out um, um, that, that that she continues to support what went on is just it, it's disturbing even more to me. And I and I don't a lot know, of it I don't, under her watch too, Murray. A lot of it under yeah, her it was watch under her watch as, as well governor. as elsewhere. Uh, it, absolutely, Michael. It was under her watch as governor of South Carolina um, when this atrocity took place, and there was a whole lot of other things that was going on at the time um, when Nikki Haley was governor. Uh, when Dylan Roof committed this act, it, it changed the whole dynamic of racism and the symbolism of the Confederate flag in the state of South Carolina. There was no other recourse but to remove the flag from the Capitol grounds and have it located into a museum. Um, there are there are people who are members of the Confederate Heritage Committee or group or whomever it may be that support the 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 lineage of the Confederate flag. I do not knock that. I understand the whole process of that. There were evil people amongst those who supported the part of heritage because uh, this flag was a, is the symbolism of hatred. Um, right now it's been used by many, many, many um, um, white supremacist groups out there and other groups who use the flag and, and the embolism of the flag to um, propagate um, racism and 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 bigotry and hatred um, with the with the with the with the flag. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on this? Because it's just kind of detrimental to everybody um, at this moment with the statement with the, with the former um, 
ambassador had to say. I, I was very, I was very surprised that she made a comment like this. What, what are your thoughts on it? It's not surprising, but um, as a bit of a fan of history, I actually found this kind of, I found this kind of infuriating, and also, she's the way they're playing it is it, the, the heritage that they're referring to. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not dumb. They're not playing dumb. Uh, sorry, I heard. Was someone else trying to was trying to say something? Yeah, I was just. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, a lot of the times folks play dumb when they hear stuff like this. But at this point, you can't play dumb about it because nine all these lives were lost, and so that and, that makes that makes every every bit of this kind of it's a bitter pill swallowed to swallow on every side of it, you know. So what you're thinking, I mean, Dylan Roof Dylan Roof committed this atrocity. Um, to have her come out and make a statement like this, it just takes away from everything, I think. Um, even some of the gains well, she made with the African-American community in Columbia and across the state is probably lost by her making this statement, I think. Um, what do you think, Sean? you think that, that she uh, – uh, what she did was detrimental to the to the community in the state of South Carolina, especially African American community, at least. Of course, I mean, the big thing is, and again, one of the things that I always dislike about that whole heritage argument is mm-hmm. if you're fighting over if you're fighting over heritage, actually defend the real the real flags. Not to say flags, because um, as I, as I said, I love I actually live not too far from Appomattox where there's a Civil War um, museum. And um, right. you don't see that. You do not see that flag that everyone loves to fly down here in the South in that, in that, in that museum. You only see three. One that looks like the American flag called Stars and Bars. Three bars and a bunch of stars in a circle. There's a, then there are two flags that have that, that big flag in the, small, in the corner called the Stainless Banner and the Bloodstained Banner. None of them mm-hmm. look like the flag that they're flying. So when they say they're they're referring to heritage, they are. They're referring to the one. They're referring to when that flag actually came out, the 1960s right. and the 1920s when they were reestablishing Jim Crow and were pushing back against the Civil Rights Act. So when you start mm-hmm. talking about heritage, don't don't suffer no delusions. They're talking about heritage, just not the one. Just they're not talking about. They're talking about what that flag was really used for. And that's my two cents on it because, again, there are some people who don't know, but then there are those who do. And when that's kind of a whistle, a dog whistle for them. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree, especially after we've seen that flag. We've seen that flag at many rallies, especially at the Charlottesville rally. You saw, you saw a lot of white supremacists and those good people, as the president say, they, were, they had that flag on full display. Um, I, you know, one thing I was, um, I was having a conversation with a young man, um, over the weekend here and, uh, he was very, very concerned about the rise of the Ku Klux Klan and their, their, their means of intimidation that they have been using, um, toward people who have been outspoken about white supremacy in the country all of a sudden. Um, uh, one of the things that during this entire conversation that he was, he said that he was afraid to raise his voice because of reprisal from the Ku Klux Klan and other white nationalist groups as well. And my thing, we all are entitled to free speech. Um, we have the right to free speech. 
And uh, the thing about um, um, having the right to free speech says a lot right now, and I think that we should be we should be very 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 concerned when when we have um, voices of reason come forward and want to make a change, but they feel intimidated by 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 hate groups to come out and and and, tim- and intimidate them from speaking, or they fear reprisal. And I think I think the main thing about this is that this is being this you can equate this with the way the president of the United States has addressed um, um, racism and the reemergence of white supremacy in the country. And so this all this stuff comes back to him. Um, not saying that it wasn't going on with Barack Obama. I think it was going on with former President Barack Obama. The winds of the winds of hatred were really stirring around um, during the course of his presidency. It had a lot. It had a lot going on with it at that time. And now here we are with the Trump presidency, and we see this thing come full circle. Hey, folks, we also want to welcome uh, Marilyn to the show tonight. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Haven't been on for a while, but I've been traveling. So oh, um, hey, glad to, glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. Another South Carolinian, Carolinian on the phone with me. Sean, you from Virginia. Uh, Michael, yep. you from up north, but it's okay. You're still part of the family now, okay? Uh, Marilyn? Hey, we're all your... Americans. <laughs> you got that right, my brother. You got that right. Marilyn, I want to get Hi, your Marilyn. opinion on... <laughs> Hello. I want to get... Uh, right. I want to get your opinion on what Nikki Haley had to say about the Confederate flag was about heritage until Dylan Roof hijacked it. And uh, it says here, Roof, uh, Roof of White Supremacist posed with the flag in photos before killing nine worshippers in a historically back church. What are your thoughts on things? We were Nikki just Haley discussing. It's scum. She really is. Mm. And. Mm. Um, we know what she said is not true, and it really doesn't matter if she believes it or not. What matters is she is willing to put the lives of black people on the line for her political ambition. Yeah. And she was playing to an audience. Think about how deep this is that you have political ambitions, whether she's going to run for the U.S. Senate or for the presidency in 2022 or 2024, um, that you're willing to put an entire race of people's lives on the line because you know that at a minimum this one person went in there and killed black people because of race. Yes. But you're willing to pander to the lowest common denominator of your party so you can have a, a, a chance to to get uh, nominated to run for a certain position. Nikki Haley is scum. She's scum. Mm. Mm. You know what? You sound like you, Marilyn. You sound like most of the folks that I've been talking to this week in re, in relationship to what the former former ambassador had to say. And Michael touched on some things in relationship uh, when it came to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani and the same aspect of what happened. Um, um, several years ago, in, in that respect, um, this whole entire thing, I think, is a political uh, political ploy by by the former ambassador to try to rein up some folks and have them uh, 
come back to her after she's been away from politics for some time now, and uh, to to have her come back like this says a lot. Um, I think it's I, I agree with you. I think this is a political ploy. I think it's it's a number of things that's going on underneath, underneath the surface with her. I know there's some things she wants to clean up before she decides to try to run um, after Donald Trump uh, has served out his term or if he's impeached. So there's a whole lot of things that goes goes with this, but we want to continue on with with our discussion. We want to talk about some some of the electing uh, some of the elections that have been taking place or that will take place very soon. But there's some folks that are not going to return, mainly um, uh, George Holding, who's a Republican from North Carolina, said Friday he would not run for a reelection in 2020 after North Carolina's electoral map was redrawn to undo a Republican gerrymandering. Uh, leaving him with a heavily Democratic district. I thought this was funny. He says he don't want to, he's going to retire now. So that lets me know you guys are cheating in North Carolina. Guys, what are your thoughts? Michael, what are your thoughts on what George Holding's going to do? He's not going to run again. He's deciding to get out of there. What, what are your thoughts on it? I think George Holding knows that as long as he has, and I'm repeating a statement made by a female Congress member who feared the same thing, that special letter, the letter R, going after his or her name, especially in this these days and times where for the past two elections, it has been a referendum against one Donald J. Trump. A lot of these Republicans are calling it quits because they don't want to face the embarrassment of losing again. And who knows just what baggage they might be carrying into the election, into the campaign, if they decide to run for re-election. So are they thinking that, well, it probably is safer if I just bow out and anything I have is can be kept hush-hush? So they think. Because, you know, we've heard of the phrase, justice delayed but not justice denied. If there's any kind of criminal wrongdoing, you can bet it's going to be exposed sooner or later, just the same way Mr. Donald J. Trump is learning the hard way, as well as yeah. other congressional members such as Devin Nunes. Yeah, these folks are falling on the sword. I hate to say it. I hate to say it in those terms, but this is happening all around. And to know that some of the Republicans are falling on the sword who are not who are not deciding to rerun for office says a lot. Maybe they heard our message that term limits should be a part of uh, of every office uh, in this country. You, if you serve more than five years, it's time for you to leave that thing alone and go somewhere and and, and enjoy life. I think. Um, Eshawn, what do you think about uh, George Holding? He's he's deciding to walk away from this thing after he found out that hey man, the, the district out in they they've undone the map. <laughs> Honestly, it's for me almost a, it's kind of amusing. It goes without saying that for certain places Republicans are only hanging on to power because mm-hmm. of. Because of, not because of their ideals or because of their support, but because of the tactics they use. Example, voter suppression, gerrymandering. Some of these places are only being held together with red tape and not red votes. Now that they're realizing some of, these, some of this red tape's getting undone, don't be surprised if North Carolina turns blue. Don't be surprised mm. when, as, as the gerrymandering in other places break, I mean, 
Look at Alabama. And especially with yep. the stuff going on with Trump right now, a whole lot of them, there are a whole lot of Republicans right now questioning, should I flip, flip and impeach Trump? People are balancing their options now. They're either going to I win think so, too. It's getting to the point now I where... I think so, too. It's getting to the point, like, almost like with the um, Game of... It's almost getting almost Game of, Game of thrones X. It's, do I save myself and backstab the party and, again, have to fight, have to deal with their ire or hang with them and either bow out or get, or get caught? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's the problem now. Now a whole lot of stuff... Trump might have done more harm to the Republican Party than anything we could have done. I agree. I agree. He's been destructive on. He's been destructive to that party. And Michael made a comment last time on the show about it's no longer the Trump Party. It's the party. It's no longer the Republican Party. It's the Trump Party now. Marilyn, what's your thoughts on what's happening with with George Holden? He's decided to leave now after finding out that that gerrymandered district is no longer I'm sorry. the gerrymandered district. Murray, Murray, can we, yeah, I'm go sorry, ahead, Murray, Michael. We need, we need to make a, a correction. I know I mentioned that particular statement, but I did cite a particular congresswoman that is on the Republican side, and she is the one that said that we are no longer the party of Republicans. We are now the party of Donald Trump. You know, yeah. That, that yeah. was her statement. That was her statement, but hey, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, great that you're clarifying. Folks, Michael's clarifying that this was made by a GOP congressperson, and it was not a direct statement from him. But nevertheless, we all believe that this party is the party of Donald Trump, and it's no longer the, the true grand old party, Bingo. as yep. a lot of folks want to say. Marilyn, what are your thoughts on what's happening with George Holding in North Carolina? I, I do want to say that I actually have voted for Republicans in the past, not so much in South Carolina, but I lived in Arizona for five years, which at the time yeah. was a very red state, and I really didn't have a choice. But within the Republican Party, there were moderates. There were um, um, Goldwater before he passed, and I actually lived in Arizona when Barry Goldwater passed, was actually pro-choice. He was pro-choice, but mm-hmm. even a conservative would be pro-choice because right. – you're not about interfering. It's limited government is what he believes. And that comes under to him, it was about limited government. This party that I right. see now, it's it's um it's not even a total opposite. It's just not even rational at this point. I and I, I don't understand how people have just lost all moral backbone when this man came along. But Actually, I do understand because it has always been there within the Republican Party, especially since the 1960s with the Civil Rights Movement, but it was controlled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once that Tea Party came out, once that black man became elected president, some people just went crazy. They just went crazy. Pretty much. And Trump came in on a fertile field. He is the fruit of a poisonous tree. So with this gentleman leaving in North Carolina, I think the Republican Party or the Trump Party, as it stands right now, needs to be ended and hope that they will come back and rebuild as a reasonable party that really does offer true policy and solutions based on what's best for this country rather than based on hatred or we don't like you because you color your skin or your religion or whatever excuse they use to hurt people and to establish bad policy for this country. 
because our standing oh, yeah. in this world is being destroyed because of this one man and because uh, these people who are right now in the Republican Party are thinking short-term and they're greedy and they're thinking, I'm getting what I always wanted, so I'm satisfied. But in the process of doing that, they are destroying our democracy. They're destroying the American idea. They're destroying oh, yeah. what supposedly America always believed in. And it's never been perfect. We know that. It has never been perfect. But in America, you've always had the opportunity to fight for its ideal, to hold America up to its constitution. And right now, they're not even, much less they don't even read the constitution, they don't even care to read the constitution. They don't even care to live by the constitution. So good riddance. For me, good riddance. That's why yeah, needs to start yeah. all over again. And hopefully they'll come back. You know, and, uh, and, and just be reasonable. One one thing I want to say in relationship to what you're saying, Marilyn, is because, and I understand at some point in, in, in everybody's life, they've voted for both parties. Um, I think you're the first uh, person. Do you mind honestly, me for a second? Okay. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, just if, if you could please mute me for a second, um, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, the the thing I was getting ready to say, guys, was that um, um, there's people who've always who've always decided to uh, um, vote for both parties if, if based on the situation. It always happened, I think. And one thing about this is it does happen a lot. Um, one thing about being out there in Arizona when Barry Goldwater was alive, you had some moderates. So um, Arizona wasn't quite a red state. I think it was a little bit of purple, if you ask me, a little bit, because you had John McCain, too, a young John McCain, um, who was a moderate somewhat. Um, uh, his daughter's a long way from being where her father was. Um, I think she's still more or less an extremist on, on that side of it. Megan is, I, I would assume so. Uh, Maryland, because based on based on what you're saying, um, one other thing that I want to bring up um, is also uh, Senator Chris Murphy, who's a Democrat from Connecticut, asserted that many of of, of many as five of his GOP colleagues could uh, would support impeaching the president. And so um, this is this is this is something that we've been talking about, Michael. There was going to be a few folks that were going to cross over. And that number is starting to grow. What are your thoughts on it? Because it's happening very fast. It looks like there are some Republicans who finally open their opening their eyes, opening their ears, opening their minds, and who knows, maybe opening their hearts, knowing full well they would not tolerate this kind of ongoing reckless criminal behavior and whatever other adjectives you want to throw in there that would have been committed by a Democratic president. So if you know, if you are really loyal to the oath that you took to um, to be totally, what's the word I'm looking for? I did use the word loyal, to the laws and the Constitution of the United States, to this nation, to be allegiant to this nation and not one person in particular, especially someone like Trump. That is why you have three branches of government. That's why you have three equal 
um, powers of the federal government for checks and balances. I find it absolutely despicable that you have a whole mountain full of Republicans that are treating Donald Trump like a false messiah. And I'm sick and tired of hearing some of these Republicans or Republicans, be it those in Congress or punditry, that's saying, like, well, Donald Trump is above the law because he's Donald Trump. I have never seen such, oh, my goodness, I don't know what else to call it, but so much infamy and disregard for this nation. And it's, it's like, I don't want to say if the, um, the hoods and the masks are coming off of hate and racism. That's part of it. But you have to, at the end of the day, you have to wonder what the hell has happened to simple logic and reasoning and common sense where you know full well that before Trump got into office, you could not do these things. You're breaking the laws, violating people left and right, and like, oh, you can't catch me. And until he opened his mouth, all of a sudden now it's like um, green lights specifically for themselves and then total immunity because he opened his mouth to it, speaking falsehoods. What's the matter with you people? How many times have we have said, Murray, to be careful in what you folks do? Do not follow this guy blindly. Michael Cohen, I keep citing him, mentioning the same thing, and he's paying the price for doing that. He didn't speak those words you know, just to hear himself talk. He's facing the wrath right now, and he's trying to save others from falling in the same trap that he is. So, yep. again, yep. what is wrong with you people? I, I, you know, one thing, Michael, that, that, that you touching on something that we kind of been discussing, and I know, I know one thing that that that's disturbing to me is that they remain complicit on every level, and I don't understand why they want move that needle back to being moderate some degree, as Marilyn has said tonight. Um, I think what's going on. I think they enjoy the fact of the benefits of having the president who's who's shooting from the hip and knocking down victims as he goes. Um, they're keeping the country the way they imagined um, it to be. Um, I, I revert back to something Bill said a long time ago in reference to the same old political tactics for a day that has gone a long time ago, and that's what seems to be the case. And you've been touching you know on it throughout uh, throughout this entire season about the Republicans and their uh, and their ideology of not moving the needle back. I don't think they want to. I think they enjoy the fact that the country's like this. They they have full command of the country. I'm gonna tell you something, folks, and and it's coming straight from my heart. Um, I be out and about in the community, and there's so much divisiveness, so much tension. Where is the love in this country now? It's Christmas time, and people walk around with their head down. People don't speak no more. Everybody's clutching their pocketbooks, clutching their jackets. Folks are walking around afraid. We don't have the love for each other like we ought to, and that that bothers me so much now. Can um, I take it back on thing? something, um, Barry? Uh, Go ahead, Michael. Because um, there's a couple of things. Number one, I will be a little bit fair and pull back on my criticism just a tad because of that other possibility that we have discussed and 
based on what we have heard from other news reporters and punditry, mm-hmm. and the question being is if Republicans are so afraid of Trump and his base, is there, you know, is there a bounty, heaven forbid, on any of these Republicans' heads? Because no one knows. Trump ain't going to get the support from the Democrats. And the Democrats already put their two feet down on the laws and the Constitution. But who's to say that Trump, being a Republican himself, has manipulated the party to follow what I say, stick with me, or else? I know we touched yeah. on that well, part. I, so I understand maybe, that part. But maybe. I understand that part, but Michael, but I'm one just, thing I will say, you know, one thing that bothers me, what, you, what you're saying and I want Marilyn to chime in on this with me because we we have these repercussions coming from the president, but that's only in that's only in money. You know, if they don't support the president and his agenda, he's gonna pull the money from them, and they won't win the campaign. And so that's why right. I think we got all this. Why these folks are complicit is because of the money factor, and they know that if they don't have the president's backing, they would lose they would lose an election to a Democrat. So they would. And I'm just wondering. I'm sorry, and I'm just wondering if these five Republicans that are putting their foot down, maybe they are the ones that have broken the ice. I'm just waiting to see if any others, as you say, are going to join board and start moving that needle a bit, as you had pointed out. Well, Mike, I think what's going to happen, I think these guys are going to, go, these guys are going to come back um, um, and, and uh, continue to find it find the light, if, if if I can say that, because a lot of them are going to find the light eventually. This evidence is overwhelming. I think the problem is, is people don't want to admit it yet, and I think that's the issue. Marilyn, what are your thoughts on this? Because we, 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 we've been in the heart of discussing this for quite some time now since you've been gone, and what are your thoughts on can can this group of people who, who feel like the truth needs to be availed, and we should be the ones who avail the truth, so we can save the party, save the grand old party. What are your thoughts on it? I think that regarding the impeachment process is that he will be impeached in the House. He will go to the Senate, and the Senate is basically not going to do their job as as they uh, swore their oath to the Constitution of the United States, and they're going to find him not guilty, and they're, they're going to be focused on winning in November 2020, and they are already working on their campaign slogans that will use that vote to hit any Democrat who is the presidential nominee and any Democrat Democrat all the way down from president to, to school board. They will use it against the Democrats. With that being said, that's talking political process there. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think we are in a moment in the history of our country that needs moral, it's crying out desperately for moral clarity. This is a question of morals. And the the Republicans, time and time again, in particular since Trump rolled down that golden escalator declaring his candidacy, have shown us that they have... uh, lost all sense of morals. It is party before country. It is their own personal greed before country. 
even their own party. They have thrown the Republican Party under the bus because they're only concerned about winning a primary in gerrymandered district so they can get back to the House or the Senate so they can make more money. A lot of these people, this yep. is their job. You know, right. if you look at Mitch McConnell, who's now worth, what, $25 million in less than 10 years, and the only thing he's ever done has been in the Senate. So what has he done yep. in the last 10 years that made his personal wealth grow to $25 million? Which is corruption. They are corrupted right. to the core. And this is not excusing Democrats. We are all adults there. Common sense tells us there are problems with the Democrats, too. Do not get it twisted. Oh, yeah. But right now, oh, yeah. the Republican Party is an extreme party. There are no longer any moderates in that party. So I, I have agree. no expectations that Trump will be found guilty in the Senate. What I have expectations of is who's going to stand up and have moral clarity and say enough is enough. And that's a huge question. That's the question we really need to be asked, asking, where is your moral backbone? Mm. I'm going to use that one this week. Can I? I need to use that one this week, guys. Uh, I'm going to use that one, Marilyn, <laughs> because there's, oh, a that's fine. That, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of Republicans that don't have moral backbone. I can tell you that right now. Mitch McConnell definitely ain't got moral backbone right now because these folks I mean, are just complicit. You know what, These folks are complicit. These folks are complicit yeah. no matter what we say and no matter how you can explain it. One thing I will say in reference to this is that a, a law professor said that, that president, the president's actions are worse than any president. <laughs> a constitutional law scholar told House impeachment panel Wednesday that the president's uh, attempt to solicit a foreign investigation into his impeachment uh, was just as detrimental as you could get. Um, speaking of if if a you know law professor says it, if a law just a moment, Michael. If a law professor yeah. says it, that means it's really important for people to understand. The other thing about this, Marilyn, I agree with you. Where will the moral clarity come from? I have no idea, but we have to, as the voter, um, people who are in the community who are who have an ear for this. We have to listen and find out what these folks have to say, I think, in reference to this. Um, um, Michael, before I bring you back, I'm going to bring Sean in. Um, go ahead, Sean, what's your comment? What are you thinking? Yeah, I was sitting back listening to the whole um, case with um, the whole moral clarity thing. It, and I do agree with um, Marilyn uh, uh, 100% on that one. Ultimately, the biggest problem that I see is the same thing you see with um, – I hate to use it, but it's, it is a season. The same thing as you with sports fans. Uh, my team, the rules only apply when they go, when they fall in my team's favor. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the biggest thing now. It's for the Republicans, yeah. it's I want you to play by the rules, but it's okay if a few rules pass by me. And, but mm-hmm. the problem is, in their short-sighted greed, they are unwrapped. Like, one thing, it, it's almost like no Republican teams forget it, what happens if a Democrat comes into office and uses the exact same tactics Trump has used? What are you going to say? You can't do that? You've already opened the door. You've set a precedent, just like in law. If you set a precedent for something, other people can use it. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why in the court of law, in any, in any civilized case, you cannot, let, you cannot do something. You cannot, do, you can't go do as I say and not as I do. 
because again, the if you become hypocritical in your actions, again, you have no leg to stand on, and eventually it's just a game of who can rip things apart the fastest. And yeah, that's yeah. that's the short sightedness I've seen from especially the Republican Party, but from both sides. It's I'm one, one thing I will say. What? Yep. I agree with you. I agree with you, John. One thing I will say at this moment is what's weird is is our party. Our party is getting a little bit quiet too, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, we got our mind made up about we got our mind made up about this impeachment inquiry. But my thing is that we need to focus more back on getting getting clarity to our until uh, uh, the voters out here who who are trying to make who are trying to make a difference in what's going on. I think. What's the problem? What's the problem is that you have a bunch of folks who are who are who are tuned out totally because of what's happening with this. Um, you have you have what took place with Joe Biden in, in Iowa this past week, where he where he snapped out of order, called the person a damn liar, and, and and apparently he lost his temper doing an in, uh, an intense exchange with a voter in Iowa after the man accused the vice president of being too old for the Oval Office and of selling access to the U.S. president during his time in the Obama administration. And and so here we are again where even Democrats are losing their uh, temper. Uh, we're upset because we can't seem to right the ship, so to speak, to have the 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 former vice president come out there and voted like that, I know you angry because it it touched off something with him, um, and his response was probably a response that some people appreciated because they think that the the former vice president is soft. He hasn't been he hasn't been that old fighter Joe that everybody knows, and for him to come out of order like that, it kind of spurred a whole lot of a whole lot of talk on Twitter because. Everything that I saw in in reference to what happened with him, folks were saying that this is the old Joe that they know, the, the fighter Joe, the Joe that that has a backbone, the Joe that's gonna gonna go after you. You come after him, he's gonna come after you. And 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 I've had people say this is the type Joe you want to come after after Donald Trump if it's if it's a Joe Biden Donald Trump ticket. Um, um, campaign. If it if it goes down to this, the other thing that I'm concerned with is is having these types of moments um, play out in, in in front of the American public, where there's public discourse, and we we continue to we continue to to, to see it all the time. Marilyn, what are your thoughts on what this, what the former vice president did? I can't speak specifically to that because I really. I'm aware of it, but I really haven't studied it. But to me, though, in general, it's a great concern regarding this uh, fighter mentality. Because mm-hmm. where do you draw the where do you draw the line? And I am far from being a wimp. If anyone ever you see know me, and it's not about being a wimp, but where do you draw the line? Maybe it's a guy. This. What are you trying to prove? Uh, right. Just coming back after this guy calling him a liar, and, and for full disclosure, more than likely I am not going to vote for Joe Biden in the primary. And my reason is not that I think he's wimpy; it's I think his his time has passed, and nobody's admitting it. Um, I think he should have run in 2016 if he was going to run again. And I really just think his 
stance on policy, they're outdated. And and that's just me looking at policy and, and mm-hmm. being an informed voter. So to me, when you sit there and say, oh, he's got the fight back in him, that's about personality. That's a personality thing. And I don't elect people based on personality, how they make me feel in that moment. Right, I look right. at history. I look at the policies they're proposing. And I really wish in an ideal world most voters would really do that, look at policy, but we don't live in an ideal world. But so one I'm, thing that's I will where say, I'm at right now with that. I, I'm, one thing I will say, Marilyn, do it for me. one thing I will say, and, and I'm not, and, and I appreciate you for, for, for saying it the way, the way you feel, but one thing I will say in, this, in that respect is that you have a lot of people do, that don't do their homework until it's time for a campaign to get ramped up. And they go through this type of rhetoric backlash. I call it rhetoric backlash. It happens a lot. Me and Michael have talked about this a lot, where they're, they're, this rhetoric that gets started, it happened with Hillary. The rhetoric got going in, in amongst the party itself. And then we had this tidal wave of backlash rhetoric going all over through the party. At the time of the convention, it was still going on. The, 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 the convention, the convention was a forest because of what had happened with the rhetoric that was being brought around by Democrats, progressives, moderates, independents, Green Party, everybody in between, and it it, it created it didn't create a true nominee. It created an avenue for the opponent to win, and that's exactly what's happening. I think um, one thing I will say uh, in defense of of my opinion. And, I'm, and, and I can say this um, from my own homework, and, and, and that is is that sometimes we come across um, individuals who feel like this rhetoric is something that they that we don't we don't need to have anymore. We can do without it. Uh, we've grown past this. But one thing I do say, you have a president that continues that continues to use the rhetoric that he's using now against the party. Um, he talks in a detrimental manner, and people look at him as a hero. So when we do it as Democrats, we want to we want to attack each other and make it seem as if we got to be a little bit above and not get down on our knees and get it bloody a little bit. We have to be bloody too in our battles because it's important. And I'm not a person that's going to tell tell people how to vote, but I'm going to inform you of why you should vote. And why you should vote for a particular person, and that's that's what that's what my job is, and I think I and I agree with the fact that there are some things that that are somewhat outdated with Joe Biden because of the age factor, because of his time in in government, but you look at the bigger picture, who is a true winner, who is a who would be a fighter, you could look at a you could look at several of these candidates, Warren, Mayor Pete. Um, Bernie, uh, um, Tom Steyer, now Mike Bloomberg. You got some folks with money in the in the situation. Who's going to throw money in the campaign um, and 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 try to win over people based on the votes and all this kind of stuff? And I just think that where where we stand on this is 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 very um, unbecoming of the party at this time. And I I don't know what else that that people could hear. That would steer folks to the middle, or either to either back to the left. We we need to be toward the middle, 
somewhat to the right, if you ask me. I would love to see moderate Republicans move to the middle, too, because we need them. It's a two-party system in this country. We can't run a country with one party. We have to run it with two parties. And so we have to reach over to the other side of the aisle and ask some of those folks in red to join us, turn some of those folks in red into purple, and move them to the middle and so we can get some things done in this country. But that's not going to happen if we continue to have this polarizing rhetoric in our own party. And, and we have the polarizing rhetoric coming from a president. So what that does, it's a formula for dysfunction. Michael, what are your thoughts on what Marilyn had to say? I, 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 love, I love this dynamic because it, 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 it keeps me on my toes. Because when I'm sharing, I want to make sure that I'm touching, I'm touching my folks, too, in this matter and giving them the given the, 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 the truth and how you proceed when you look at a candidate. So, Michael, what are your thoughts? Okay. Michael? He may have stepped away. But yeah, I can hear you, Michael. Yes, I can hear you. All right. What are your thoughts on what? My thoughts. You and Marilyn um, brought two very key questions that we should hold dear in our hearts, especially after we are finished this evening, an important lesson. But I'll get to that in a moment because it ties into the Joe Biden situation in which, um, you know, some people may say, oh, that's the Joe Biden I like. But a lot of people are forgetting one important thing, and that is, what happened there was very personal to him and why he came out as, you're a damn liar, because the voter in question was bringing up rhetoric and talking points that came mm-hmm. from the right wing, that came from the Trump camp and the calls for ongoing calls for investigation into him and investigation into his um, son, Hunter Biden. And the thing is that we all saw what kind of garbage game this was back in 2016. And Trump orchestrated, kept saying, crooked Hillary this, crooked Hillary that, using that as a distraction, and making false accusations against her, and where the accusations, or should I say the actions she was falsely accused of, was really committed by him, Trump himself. He was the dirty dog, if I can use that term. So Biden, as smart as he is, he may be old, but don't think he's um, stupid or delusional. The guy is very intelligent, and he knows a con game when there is one, and that's why he was putting his foot down, because he's already mad. He's already mad, and he expresses anger at, um, I think it was a 60-minute interview. It was a television interview that he was even furious at Lindsey Graham, felt like he got stabbed in the back by Graham, and Graham has now resorted into kissing the feet, figuratively speaking, of Trump or kissing wherever else of Trump. He seems very, he feels very betrayed by Lindsey Graham. The two of them have a different um, uh, opposite sides of the political spectrum, but there was once a mutual agreement of respect towards one another, and mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham threw 
Joe Biden under the bus because Donald Trump, quote, said so, end of quote. Yep. So when yep. so when Biden was faced with this voter who's going to dare repeat the same false talking points, you don't, as um, President Barack Obama said, you don't want to mess with Joe. And it leads to the question that you two eloquently asked. You, Murray, asked, where is the love, especially now this is the Christmas season? And Marilyn had asked, where is the moral moral decency, if that's the correct phrase? Uh, I know mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Because look what's happening here. You already brought up about um, the impeachment thing. You already brought up about the hate that's going on. And then in the midst of that, Look what Trump is looking to do to many of those who oppose him. He's now trying to put a stop or put an end to food stamps. This is something that a lot of Americans need across the board who are already suffering under his economic and financial policies, trying to make himself and his um, GOP loyalists richer by making the average American poorer. And this, right. happened, this, and this happening during a season of giving, the Christmas season where people should be putting aside their differences and come together and embracing one another, sticking out the hand of friendship. But no, Trump looking to be the Grinch once again this year, just like he was the Grinch last year, when he shut down the government and thousands of federal workers having to be on furlough and trying to make ends meet and suffering financially, some of them, some of them going hungry because of his um, stupid garbage about, you don't give me the war, I'm going to shut down the government. That in itself should right. be added to the articles of impeachment, in my view. So it's like, yep. what is this? What's going on here? As you're saying, what's happened to the love? What's happened to goodwill towards all, especially at this time of year? Why is it that he has to persist on being the the backstabber? Persist on being the cold-hearted blah blah blah. I can't say the words, and you know what words I want to say, Murray, because I'm so oh, yeah. mad, I'm so hurt hey, for these um, people. I, uh, I totally understand how you feel because this thing is just it's ridiculous in, in, in every sense of the word, the way the country is, the country is so torn apart, not in a physical manner, but in a, in a social, ec- economic manner. Um, and then he's going to dictate to people to say Merry Christmas? And 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 it, it's stuff like that. It's, it's stuff like that doesn't need to come from somebody who doesn't even doesn't even understand the true meaning of Christmas anyway. So why would you Thank even you. listen? Why would you even listen? As far as I'm concerned, you got a whole bunch of folks. And I'm, and 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 you know one thing about me, I'm gonna say this because it's important to say. We've always we've always been here honest on this show, and the one thing about being honest on this show is that we always tell our listeners. See something, say something, tell somebody, okay? Those are the things that we have always conveyed to people here on the show. The other thing that we always do is we ask everybody to do your homework before you before you make decisions. Listen to, listen to every piece of rhetoric. Listen to every, every speech if you can. 
let's read, communicate with folks in political places, find out where their head is before you start making decisions about what you're going to do. Well, I've I've heard so many people say, I'm going to sit this one out. And I'm I'm, de- I'm debuting this one tonight, guys, because a lot of people I'm talking to on the ground are saying, I'm going to sit this one out, Murray, because I don't know who's going to be the best person to be president right now. The other thing is, too, in regards to that, is having um, folks who have not decided on who is the person that they would throw their support behind when you have 17 people running for president in our party. And I've said before, out of that group, 10 of them need to go somewhere and sit down and throw their support behind a nominee or whatever needs to be done. The top five need to come together and say, one of us could be the nominee. We could all step back and be that nominee. Uh, We had one that stepped away from the campaign, and that was Kamala Harris. Camilla Kamala Harris decided, Senator Harris decided to end her campaign based on financial um, um, troubles. Um, you had others who who are who just absolutely step away too because they don't have the presidential pedigree to be a president. They should just step away as well. But that being said, a lot of them won't because it's a it's a moment in American history that their their names will go down in American history that they ran during the time of Donald Trump, and that that person or persons were a candidate at that time. One other thing that I'm going to say, too, um, that is concerning to me is that we find ourselves trying to trying to justify behaviors from candidates that we know had a legacy, such as Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and others. We try to justify their behaviors as well, but guess what? We have to call them folks out too because you know, we all are we all have done wrong in our life, and sometimes you have to call out wrong when it's wrong. No matter if you are Democrat or Republican, you call out wrong because that's the right thing to do. And I know I have a bunch of people. I have three of them here on the show with me who agree with that because it's important that we call out the ills of wrong when it comes to money and politics. It, it happens a lot in this country. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We are with Michael, Maryland, and Ishan tonight. I want to thank you guys for being a part of the show. Folks, we have run over our time by 12 minutes. And I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying myself so much tonight having you guys here on the show. Sean, Sean, you came back to the show. What are your thoughts on what we're discussing in regards to um, um, uh, having a moral, a moral overtone in the country, um, choosing those uh, particular candidates for the country? What are your thoughts on things as we get ready to leave tonight? In the cases of candidates, and and again with me and again, Mr. Murray, you do know I'm rather progressive yep. on the. If I, I was I say, do. yes. So, again, especially in the cases with – so I am very picky on who I want to go for. But, again, especially with me, you know, especially with voters around my age, uh, one of the biggest things I'm looking for is, A, your policy, and, B, how well you stick to it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things when it comes with the whole moral the moral consistency. It's, it's easy to say – like, for example, using Nikki Haley, it's easy to do something – you know, right. When it's convenient, but 
when it's after some time later? Are you going to – it's easy to say something or do something because you it's the easy thing to do. I mean, you'd be a mm-hmm. fool not to, but when it's right, are you willing to do it? And, mm-hmm. again, that's why for me a whole lot of – I mean, that's why I'm very picky on who I'm – who I select, especially from the primary at this point, because I'm not only am I looking at what you're saying, your record on it, but I'm also seeing who you're fun, also seeing who you're funded by. Again, one right. of the big things I don't, one of my biggest things I don't like in the whole primary and political system is corporations have so much power. They lobby. They, we've seen it on the Republican side where they literally become mouthpieces for the, for example, they, um, the fossil fuels and, you know, the non-renewable um, resources group, they pretty much become their right. mouthpieces. And that's one thing I really don't like to see, and especially in a party that, I mean, one of us got to be the good party, and we got to kind of, we got one thing I like, that's one thing I really want to see fixed in the party. And hopefully, but hopefully once we get back in the, once, hopefully once we can get rid of this whole, this whole Trump issue, we can get back to fixing that problem up. But um right I hope now, so. right now the big the big issue is getting Trump out of getting Trump out of here. Um uh, the best person to before you go let's get him out. Before you go, Sean, I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna ask three of you a question. Do y'all think that the current chairman, president, leader of the Democratic Party has established a protocol for these candidates? What do you think, Sean? We talk about Tom Perez. Yes or no? Uh, Tom Perez, more than if the if the if the primary the whole primary thing, I don't mind it being a little hectic, but there should be a thinning out point. There should be okay. like a and I, and I hate to use sports analogies, but there has to be a point. Win or lose, go home. If you win, you if you you win, you in. If you lose, you go home. Exactly. Well, if not, and or there should be a point where we shouldn't be three debates in, and it still be seventeen people. It should you be got that the right. first one might be the first one might be a, you know, for the first debate you might go to sixteen, then cut it down to eight, then the third one cut it down to four, the top four. You might right. not get the coverage that day, but you're going to get a better option on who's there. I mean, exactly. Yeah, you need to. I wouldn't say. Um, I wouldn't say, of course, keep it wide, but eventually funnel it down to your top four, and that's instead of having instead of having seventeen, instead of having thirteen other people in line waiting to get their opportunity. And so, I I agree with you, Michael. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Uh, Yes or no? You think Tom Perez is doing a good job with this? I don't think he is. I think he's got us in a mess right now. If he has some kind of established. Outline. I, for one, would like to know what that is because I have not seen or heard anything of the such. And I'll be first to admit if I missed something. You know, the thing is, is that he is going to have to, or otherwise, allow somebody else to do it, to have the Democrats come together and have some kind of structured outline. And I think, if if anything, Murray, it could be you. Me, Marilyn, you know, a bunch of us that could be, um, I don't want to use the word lecture these Democrats, but give them some kind of insight and advice Mm -hmm. that we have done 
on this podcast, I know I said what they need to be focusing on is not the repeated campaign issues as we've heard in the past when we're in a state of emergency right now because we ain't going to be able to achieve any of those campaign issues of Social Security, of Medicare for All, as long as we got the scoundrels and backstabbers that are standing in our way. So right now Mm -hmm. we need to discuss uh, how to not only defeat these people but hold them accountable and to make them pay for the crimes, you know, that they've done to us, crimes against the law, crimes against the Constitution, crimes against humanity, for goodness sakes. We got to have priorities. We have to have priorities straight. And for the record, you know, I had to compose myself because I was wiping away tears from my eyes so that when I spoke a moment ago and expressed how upset I was and what was happening to our fellow Americans and even oh, yeah. non-Americans at Christmas time last year. Oh yeah, we 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 we're, we are a long ways from where we used to be. A long, it and, hurts. And so it, I'll take I'll take hurts. your answer is no. I'm not suffering from it, but I have empathy for these people. Yes, same here, brother. Same here, brother. Marilyn, what are your thoughts? Do you think Tom Perez is doing a good job with this or not? I think no. Um, Michael, Michael says no. Sean says somewhat no. Um, could yeah, you, I, no, no, could Michael do definitely no. Um, well, Sean says no. I think um, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't think he really matters in the process because we have to remember. Yes, he does. Tom, yes, he does. Marilyn is executing something that was developed by the executive council of the DNC. Um, he's not the only decision maker in this process. But you're also talking to someone with me that the, I don't, as Sean said, the primary, um, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't use the word messy, but uh, there's, there's going to be a little chaos in the primary process because the primary is the vetting process. It is the vetting process. And I think we're focusing on what we're going through is primary fatigue. I think the problem okay, is the process is the primary is too long. And yeah, we it have is. to recognize that, that we're political animals. So we're into it. But there are a lot of people, because I talk to people, as we all do, who actually are not even paying attention. They're paying attention now in December and January because the primaries are going to, they're coming up very quickly now. So now they're starting to pay attention. I really think the solution is shorten the primary season. It's not necessarily the number of people in the process because that's what the primary is. The primary is a vetting process. And after Iowa, more people will start dropping out because they're simply not going to have the money. Uh, because I was going to really shorten it, and then it's really the first four races that are going to clean some stuff out. But with okay. that being said, yeah, we have, you have a Tom Steyer and a Michael Bloomberg. They have money. They could go as mm-hmm. long as they got, they're willing to spend that money. So that's going to be interesting in it. But I, I wouldn't just say it's Tom Perez. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. But one thing I will say is that it's too long. They need to go yeah, back to right. the drawing board and figure out how to shorten this process. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying because it does give validity. It, maybe maybe Tom Perez doesn't have the absolute command of the of the of the message that's being mm-hmm. conveyed by the candidates. You're absolutely right, Marilyn. But from my opinion, I think he does because he he got voted into that position as the president, chairman, leader of the Democratic Party. Um, they he's supposed to set the tone for what what the party is supposed to be doing right now. The tone is being set by by this impeachment inquiry, actually. Mm-hmm, and that's what mm-hmm. the tone is being set by. The thing that I also will say, that the speaker has set the tone as well about hatred in America. I wish I had a clip of that when she came back and told that reporter that don't use that, don't use that hate thing with me because I'm not, I wasn't raised in a hateful home. Um, I'm, I'm Catholic. That. I'm Catholic. I wasn't she raised said, don't mess with, with hate. Me. And see, that's the thing about this whole process that people try to paint you into a corner and make you something that you're not. And so that's why I am speaking so eloquently about the direction of the party because it seems to me we lacking direction, we lacking answers, and that's because of the command at the top. If it, if the top is wrong, the middle's going to be wrong. If the middle's wrong, the bottom is off. Okay, so that's where we are with this. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We're on with Michael, Marilyn, and Ishan, and we want to thank these guys for being a part of the podcast tonight. And before we go, we want to remind everybody that the 2019 Panelist of the Year Award and the voting is underway as we speak. Um, who will be the 2019 Skyshot Radio Podcast Panelist of the Year? Um, and the polls close on December 20th, 2019 at midnight Eastern Standard Time. And those candidates, the nominees are Michael Wilbekin, Marilyn Hemingway. Wilbekin. Wilbekin. Thank you, Michael. Marilyn Hemingway, <laughs> Charlene Chavis, Eshawn, you're a nominee, my man, and Richard Dorman are all nominated for the 2019 Palace of the Year Award. And congratulations to you guys. I have my three candidates on tonight. Congratulations for being part of the nomination process for winning this prestigious award. And uh, we hope we hope that everybody gets out and vote. You can find the voting ballot on Facebook on Sky Shout Radio Podcast group page. Have all your friends vote. Vote for you. That means they're going to have to join the group if they're going to cast a ballot for you um, to be a part of the of the 2019 Palace of the Year War. We hope that everybody turns out and votes, and we'll find out who that winner is going to be on December 20th. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Also, we have some other exciting things that we're going to share with y'all in the days and weeks coming. But whatever you do, stay together, stay in love. Peace.